Pull up in motorcades. I got a show today. It's all I'm trying to do. Hustle and motivate. Choppers are throw away. Hustle the overweight. That's why they follow me, huh? They think I know the way. Cause I took control of things. Ball in the solo way. And if you pattern my trend, I make you my protege. Crossing that soldier race. Niggas don't know them days. Take you in back of the buildings. Make you exposure. Welcome, hello, how you doing? Good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning. My name is the Shav Geeky. You are now tuning to the Gemini in Me podcast. You did. This is episode 19, and it's called Lackluster. How you feeling out there? I hope you're doing good. I hope you're having a good day, a good night, or whatever you're doing. I hope it's just good, or whether you're on the way to work, leaving work. Whenever you're choosing to listen to this, or however long you're choosing to listen to this, thank you, and I hope you're having a good day. I'm having a great day. I'm off. Shit is cool, feel good, I look good, I think better. You dig? Now today, I want to talk about the new iPhone, not in detail for real though. Why people are suddenly turning on Jay-Z, the new Dave Chappelle special, Kevin Hart's accident, and my experience at Louisiana Fest. You dig? So stay tuned, man. Again, this is episode 19, and it's called Lackluster. Yeah. When the Freddie Gray case happened in Philadelphia, or uh, maybe it was D.C., but either way, that was a situation to where they arrested a guy. It was like six cops in a car with him, and by the time he made it to where he was going, like the man had a broken neck or a broken back. Like, they fucked that nigga up in that car. And so I know Hove got behind that, but that's kind of like the first time I heard of Hove being a so you know, getting involved in shit like that. That's when I started paying attention to what was going on. And so you fast forward to 2019 and Hove is doing a deal with the NFL for a social justice reform program. And basically, it seems as though he's going to help the NFL. I don't know how to word that. And maybe that's their fault <laughs> as far as their program goes. But it's supposed to be like to just understand the plight of why Cap was kneeling in the first place. And that was because of police brutality. You know what I mean? And people are mad at Jay-Z because they feel like he's rich and he's not caring about, you know, the little and the people that still out here in the streets and shit. But from my understanding, it's like, and I don't know how, how people educate themselves. I don't know like what research they do, but just me being in the know, reading up on what I read up on and getting the information that I get. I, like I say, for like the past three, four years, like we, you've heard stories or rumors about Jay-Z helping this one or helping that one and doing things behind the scenes and like really not warning credit or not trying to make it like a mainstream thing. You know what I mean? Like, not really saying, okay, I'm the person that's doing this and helping this or that person. But it's like, you hear rumors about him and Beyonce doing a lot. You know what I mean? A lot. And so I feel like with him signing this deal, maybe that's his way of publicly saying, like, okay, I plan on doing this going forward. I plan on doing that going forward. I plan on helping out here. And so, again... I think people's misinformation comes from the fact that they didn't know he was doing a lot before. So, like, now that he's talking about things, maybe the things that he's saying are just rubbing people the wrong way. I feel like with Hove, I don't doubt Hove. I've never had a reason to doubt Hove. It's like the moves he makes, the things he does. I just, I can't see Jay-Z being a undercover Agent 45 supporter, Agent Orange supporter. Oh, you know what I mean? A low-key Republican like that just don't seem like him. And mind you, I'm only basing this off his interviews and his music, you know what I'm saying, and his actions, but it's like, I don't understand how you could even doubt Jay-Z. <laughs> like, it's just, that shit is just crazy to me because it's like, the man does so much, he does too much, actually, you know what I mean? And then it's like, check his pedigree, like, 
what has he done integrity wise that'll make you feel like he's not gonna do what he says he's gonna do he's not gonna try to bring about change you know what I mean I even listen to the lyrics like if this nigga been a fraudulent ass nigga for the past 25 years and I think somebody would have caught on to it by now in my head so yeah man I'm just seeing a lot of that shit on social media a lot of questioning and it's just like I don't understand why a person would feel the need to question jay-z of all people you know what i mean like it's a lot of motherfuckers you could question but to me i just i wouldn't question hove you know i mean i i feel like the man is a man of his word just stand-up guy all right so the news just broke about takashi 69 um snitching quote-unquote and it's like the fucking internet is in the uproar because people think it's crazy that he's snitching and you know what i'm saying people feel their way about it and whatnot but and it ain't even a but because I'm not saying I agree with what dude did, but I be thinking like y'all gotta understand like this nigga now he not built like that, he not built like that, he not built for that, he was never built for that. You know what I mean? Like the man wasn't even properly initiated into the gang. You dig? He was just gonna be the rap in the face, and you know what I mean to help push them and get them more. Like he was being extorted, my nigga. You know what I mean? So it's like, and then he don't come from that beforehand. Like his whole image is made up and all that. Nigga getting fucking six nine tats. That shit is crazy, bro. But it's like a lot of people is mad. But I be feeling like, dog, if you not a street nigga, if you don't deal, if you don't deal with the streets in no way, form or fashion, you don't need to be commenting on the streets. I just looked at the shade room. You know what I'm saying? Just nice thirty eight thousand comments under that post about Takashi. I've never seen that many comments under a post on the shade room. I've never seen that many comments under a post. Period, my nigga. Let alone on the shade room shit. But it's thirty eight thousand people giving a different opinion. And mind you, the shade room is followed by like sixteen million people. And people like me who don't follow it, but check it every day or every couple hours just to keep it a buck. You know what I mean? So it's like, that shit crazy to me, man. Everybody got their motherfucking opinion about what's going on. Or, you know what I mean? Like, or who did what or who did this. And it's like, they tried to kill a nigga. Nigga was fucking his old lady. You know what I mean? Nigga was fucking over him. Nigga was stealing from him. It's like, and again, I'm not saying that dude is right. I'm not, you know what I'm saying, vouching for dude. But it's like, no, this ain't the movies. Like, if a motherfucker get in front of you and talk about they're going to hit you with 15 years, it's like... You gonna stand up and take that on the chest, my nigga? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not taking that on the chest, dog. Fuck that. We gonna hold court. I'm not going to jail for nobody, nigga. I don't want to do fifteen. I don't want to do an hour in jail, let alone fifteen hours in jail, let alone fifteen days, let alone a year, let alone five, let alone fifteen years. I'm not doing it. We gonna hold court in the street. They gonna have to kill me. I'm not going to jail. We're going to hold court in the motherfucking streets if it's up to me. Because I'm not with all that shit. That shit is crazy as fuck to me. But, um, yeah, the news is fresh. So I said, let me go ahead and, you know what I'm saying, interject before I let y'all hear the rest of what the podcast is talking about. Um, I just think that the Takashi shit is crazy. And I think it's a lot of rappers being exploited by gangsters. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of street shit that be happening. But, you know, this shit just don't spill over like this. And niggas don't get hit with the Rico and shit. I think they tried to indict murder ink or some shit because of the supreme shit and if you don't know these people all you should do your googles <laughs> you know what i mean do your research but it's like yeah man new york is crazy and the fact that the fact that people are even commenting on that shit like oh he a snitch he would have did this and it's like nigga 
First of all, nigga, if you was really, I don't know none of my niggas that's really out there like that that comment on shit anyway. You know what I mean? Nigga barely got social media. Nigga barely know how to work that shit as it is. But ain't nobody sitting there commenting, being Instagram and Twitter fingers and shit. You know what I'm saying? Talking about shit. So that's my little spell on that. I seen that shit. I was about to make a little Instagram video, but I said, you know what? Let me save my content for the podcast and shit and do it how I'm supposed to do. You dig? So prayers for the homie. He ain't the homie to me, but prayers for dude. Prayers for everybody that he affected for everybody that's about to be in jail for everybody that's lies that's about to get man that shit is just crazy now i know this is a totally random segment but as i was taking a shower today i was thinking about mixed signals right and what i mean by mixed signals is basically the difference between and i might be jumping off the ledge here i don't want to offend nobody i'm not trying to make anybody upset but in my brain the way my head works is that um mixed signals to me is the difference between a woman liking you and, you know, fucking with what you're saying to her and a woman not liking you and thinking you're a creep. And I'll give you an example. If you're at the bar, right, and, you, and you're looking at this chick and she catch your eye, you catch her eye, and, like, you just maintain the glare long enough for her to smile, you know what I'm saying, turn her head, whatever, whatever, so then you buy her a drink, that might, maybe, that might entice her to come up and speak to, you know, y'all spark a conversation and whoop de whoop But let's take the same scenario and let's say that she doesn't find you attractive. So you looking at her and she like looking at you and she rolling her eyes and then you buy her a drink and she don't drink that shit. And it's like, you know, don't nobody else know because it's just y'all two making these interactions from across the bar or the club or the lounge or whatever. But it's kind of like sometimes I really do feel like the difference between attraction and creep. I mean, the difference between flirtation and creep is just if the person finds you attractive or if the moment is attractive to you. And that was always interesting to me. Like, um, in 2014, when I was with, um, Liz, it was this girl on social media who lived in the same city as me, you know what I mean? But it was this girl on social media that always flirted with me, like, whether it be Instagram, Twitter, like, even to the point where she was, like, commenting under my pictures saying, oh, you have a cute smile, you look nice, blah, blah, blah. Like, every time I tweeted, she was, like, you know what I'm saying? She would have a response for it. I remember one time I tweeted some shit about how women be saying their DMs dry, and she, and I didn't even know she was on Twitter. It's kind of like she had my fucking Twitter notifications on. And that basically mean, like, every time I tweet, a notification go to her phone. But she hit me soon as I tweeted that shit, it was like, sent the meme of like, you know what I'm saying, um, the little cactus things going in the desert, like just saying her shit was dry. So recently a nigga made a motion to go, you know what I'm saying, go holler at shorty or whatever. Long story short, she didn't have the same, you know, mind you, it's like years in between, you know what I'm saying, years later, but she didn't have that same kind of energy, even though she was sending the nigga mixed signals. And I feel like, like, for example, like if I say, yo, what you doing, a nigga, you know, about to come through and smoke. No, no flirtation, no, you know what I'm saying, no, whatever, just... You know, nigga just trying to conversate and smoke some shit, politic about shit like that. So nigga tell me, oh, yo, I'm, um, yo, I'm about to take a shower. So, you know, let me know when you're on your way here. So it take like 25 minutes or 20 minutes to get that nigga, get that nigga. She answered the fucking dope in a robe. Like nigga, she literally got out the shower and all she got is a robe on and a small robe at that. So in my head, I'm like, my nigga, like, why would you, if... If I called you 20 minutes prior and I said I was on the way, you say you was, why, why are you just hopping in the shower? And then it's like, why are you answering the door like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, just a bunch of shit, man, that I just don't, I don't be getting. And it's kind of like, that's not the first time, you know, a person has given me mixed signals, but I just be feeling like every time a case come up, like the, uh, like the Z, like the Ari Zizi, 
the guy, the Indian comedian, like the biggest Indian comedian, you know, they got out there. Like when that case about him came out, I was reading up on it and I honestly couldn't understand like what the issue was because it's like y'all had consensual whatever y'all did like it was consensual and then like after the fact you felt like you didn't like it or it was wrong to do so and it's kind of like how if you felt like you made a bad judgment call or you did some shit that you're not proud of like then how does that become he forced himself onto you or he I don't know I just I don't like like you don't don't text me and say I'm making you uncomfortable or you like I don't because I to me well I ain't gonna say don't text me and say that but it's like I make a conscious effort to not do certain things like I'm 30 now so like when I was in my early 20s like yeah nigga might you know what I'm saying grab on you might pull a dick out might be a lot more aggressive you know what I mean than I am now but it's like I know so much better now that it's a lot of shit that I'm not gonna do so. If I'm being reserved and shit, and you telling me, okay, well, you doing this and it's making me feel like, okay, cool, then I back up because I don't want that charge. Like, I don't want a sexual harassment charge. I don't want nobody to feel like I'm forcing them to do shit. I don't want nobody to feel like I'm being too aggressive with them. I don't want none of that shit. I'm not down with that shit. I don't condone that shit. I just wonder, like, in those situations, where does the line get drawn at? Because I truly believe, like, like with this show that I was just telling y'all about, like I played this shit cool, you know what I mean? Because I'm not really trying to get none, but I, I, I feel like if a nigga would have been aggressive and would have been on some, you know what I'm saying, Debo type shit, then that's probably the type of shit she like. And then it's like, you got to remember like certain chicks or certain women like aggressive men. And it's like, just the times we in, I don't have it in me to be aggressive like that. Especially if we don't have a prior rapport, we've never hung out, we never did this, or, you know what I'm saying, the text message kind of went straight into, oh, let's hang out or let's do this. So, you know, I don't really know you and I'm trying to get to know you, so I'm definitely not about to be aggressive. Nah, that's crazy, nigga. Fuck that. I can't, I can't get with that. And that's not to say that I don't believe that these women are victims because there do be a lot of other cases where I be like, oh yeah, that nigga tripping. Like, that nigga tripping hard. Like, yeah, nigga, you being too aggressive. Like, the C.K. Lewis dude, or Louis C.K., whatever the nigga name is, it's like, you know, him, I guess they say he was in a room full of women, and that nigga just started beating his, and I'm, I'm sorry, it's not funny, but he just started beating his dick. Again, if you have the right rapport with that woman, that might get the situation popping. You know what I mean? Like, you might pull a dick out, start beating that shit, and, you know, she looking at you like, yeah, let's, yeah, to the, yeah. But if you don't have that rapport with that woman, then my nigga is some creepy-ass shit, you know what I mean? Like, and then I feel like they, they feel like you're such a powerful man that they don't want to, you know what I'm saying, get up and make the shit more awkward than it got to be. So I guess they're going to sit there and watch you bust, which is weird to me. But, I, you know, if they feel unsafe, then I get that. It's just, man, it's, it's like certain lines got to be... Drawing in the sand, man, because a lot of this shit is like, if shawty with it, then she with it. But if she not with it, my nigga, she not with it. And I guess it's up to us as men to kind of like navigate through that and see how to, you know, see who with the shit and who really not with the shit. Which brings me to my next topic, and that's the Dave Chappelle shit. I never watched Dave Chappelle stand up. I never watched the show. I was never a fan. I never found him funny. But it's a lot of, I ain't gonna say a lot of hype, but a lot of people love Dave Chappelle. Like, they swear by him to him. You know, to them, he is the GOAT. He is the greatest thing ever. And me personally, my favorite comedian is Kevin Hart. You know, I be watching out for David shit, and I be trying to see, like, okay, what about this nigga makes them feel like he is better than Kevin? Because I done seen all of Kevin shit. Minus the Shaq shit, you know, it was a stand-up that he had with Shaq back in 2008. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing, but I know that's probably, like, the only one that I haven't watched, like, recently. So I know all of Kevin material. I wasn't the biggest fan of his newest stand-up, the one that just came out this year. 
but I'm not mad at it at the same time. But back to Dave Chappelle. I say, you know what? Let me not be biased. Let me go ahead and see what this nigga Chappelle talking about. And so I'm watching the shit. And in my opinion, from a technical aspect, he's a great comedian. He's a really good comic, um, you know, to bring topics back, you know, throughout the show and, and, and still make them flow within the scheme of the punchlines and shit. And still make them, it's like the lines are connected, the dots are connected. And I don't study comedy, but it's like my brain is big enough to grasp what's going on there. So from a technical standpoint, he's a great comedian. He's a funny guy. But it's like his material was so raunchy and disrespectful. And there's nothing wrong with raunchy and disrespectful to a certain degree. But it's like, I don't find the humor in, you know what I'm saying, children being molested. I don't find the humor in R. Kelly fucking underage girls. I don't find the humor in um, suicide. You know what I mean? Like, certain shit is just not funny to me personally. But a lot of people love that shit. And so... I was, like, the first half, I was, like, really disgusted because I felt like it was very distasteful. You know what I mean? It was very, 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 very distasteful. And I'm not even mad about the LGBT, you know what I'm saying? That shit, that shit is what it is. Like, that's going to be what it is. I felt like a nigga like Dave Chappelle probably, you know, probably tries to drive the point home with the specific purpose of making that group of people upset. And, you know, I guess it's something I get. But at the same time, it's like, what audience are you really pandering to? I don't know, man. It just seemed like so hateful and so negative. And it's like, it, I, I just, I can't fuck with it. Like, now don't get me wrong. The second half, I was like big laughing, like dying, like from the, you know what I'm saying? From the deep of my chest, like laughing at some shit. But he got the raunchy and disrespectful shit out the way. And then towards the latter half, it was more like, you know, comedy, comedy. So I say all that to say, I don't think that Dave Chappelle can tie Kevin Hart's shoes. That's just my personal opinion. Again, I've studied Kevin. I haven't studied Dave, but they are saying that this is Dave's best special. So if I'm going to look at, you know, anything, I guess his best special would be it. And to me, I don't feel like he's um better than Kevin at all. Like, I don't, to me, it's not even like a, it ain't even like a close thing. It's like they make two different styles of comedy. You know what I mean? But as far as like who's better, like I said, in my opinion, I'm going to go with Kevin all day. And prayers and or good energy, positive thoughts for my nigga Kevin Hart, who recently got into, not even recently, it's probably been like two, three weeks now. He got into a car crash in Hidden Hills, is it Hidden Hills or Calabasas? One of them fucking rich ass areas. And um, he had to have spinal surgery. Not nah, back surgery. He said he hurt himself pretty bad. He hasn't popped up publicly since then. But again, we are wishing for positive energy for my nigga Kevin Hart, man. That's the homie, and I fuck with dude. Also, I got to say, because I didn't say this on, on the first segment, Meg Thee Stallion just signed a management deal with Rock Nation. They pressed the button on Shorty. She is out of there. When I say the, when I say they pressed the button, I mean it's somebody behind the scenes like maneuvering and working in her favor. It's kind of like Meg got that machine behind her. When I say machine, she got that label. So Meg is signed to Kevin Lyles, who owns 300 Entertainment, which is a subsidiary of Atlantic Records, and she signed a management deal with Jay-Z. I feel like Meg is going to be around here to stay for a long time, and plus, I love to see not only a Southern female MC get like recognition like that, but a brown-skinned Southern female MC get recognition like that. I love that shit, man. It's, it's like, it's hard for me to not support Megan. And that goes into my next topic. This past, not this week, maybe the week before? Yeah, the week before? Yeah, last week. Last weekend, I went to the Louisiana Fest 2019, and that shit was dope. Um, a festival, if you've never been to a festival, is like a concert, but instead of being indoors, it's outdoors. It's not an arena. It's not in the stadium. Now, 
Let me just go act by act and just tell y'all what I thought about it. So the first person that came out with this big girl from, I think she's from Atlanta, and they say she's on Love & Hip Hop. Like, I wasn't really tuned in to her songs, but Shadi could dance, and her content was dope. Like, she's a rapper rapper. Like, she wasn't like one of them bullshit. I ain't gonna say bullshit, but she wasn't, she wasn't no, she was, it wasn't no games on that mic. Like, Shadi could rap her content was like dope and it was vivid and she was painting pictures. So I don't even, I think her name was like A-H-K-R-A-B-A-R, Akabar, some shit like that. But whoever she is, I feel like she got a dope future ahead of her. And it's like, fuck, you was on a fucking Louisiana Fest, so you got to have some kind of buzz. Then there was a nigga, I don't know his name, but he was dope too. And he was like really interacting with the crowd. Then Cash Dog came out and I ain't gonna lie. I didn't know Cash Doll had like such a fan base in in New Orleans, but again, I haven't been home for like that long, and I'm just now moving back and shit. So you know, everything is new to me. Cash Doll came out and did that fucking mystical sample. No, that shit fire. That that bitch went up. That shit was fire as fuck. And so Cash Doll is tall. She fine, and I like she she gave a real good performance, man. She gave a real good performance, and she let Regina come out and do like a third verse on one of her songs and shit. So that was cool. Then Sweetie came out. And I didn't know Sweetie had that many songs with that My Type. That shit was cool. You know what I mean? That shit rang off. Um, Who, who came back with Sweetie? Meg the Stallion. Dog. Meg is fine as fuck. And Meg can dance. Like, and son, Meg popping, bro. I think Meg is out of here. Like, I yeah, she been dropping mixtapes and shit or, you know, projects and shit, but... I haven't listened to any of that shit in its entirety. I listened to like a couple songs and shit. But when her debut album come out, I'm going to definitely be tuned in and see exactly what the fuck Meg talking about. Because I like her energy. I like her stage performance. I like how she interacted with the crowd. I like all her shit, dog. Meg is a fucking fool. And I want to say shout out to the baby because when that song came out, uh, uh, whatever the song they got together, when that, when that nigga baby say, you know why these bitches love baby? Because baby don't give a fuck. No, the crowd rap. That, not only did they rap Meg shit word for word, but they rapped that nigga verse word for word. So that nigga baby must got a big following in New Orleans too. All right, so after Meg came out, it was the homie Trey. Y'all know I'm a humongous Trey Songs fan, and I gotta say that, in my opinion, Trey had the best set of the entire night, even though it was still like daytime going in the dark when he came out. That nigga Trey can really sing. That nigga band is a motherfucking fool, and that nigga got hits for days. You know what I mean? Like, and I ain't listened to a Trey Songs album like since. Since Trigger in 2014, I know he didn't have two albums since then, and I ain't even listened to that shit, but it's like, the songs he played was songs from back in the G, because I knew all his shit, I was singing this shit word for word. So shout out to the homie Trey, like I said, to me he had the best set of the night. Then the, then the homie came, I'm tripping, then the homie Meek Mill came out, and I'ma just say this, I've never been a humongous fan of Meek, but seeing House Party, Welcome to My House Party, Boss, that fucking song with Nicki, that fucking song uh LMA and that nigga that nigga me got some shit and then that fucking Drake yeah that shit fight but I'm telling you seeing that nigga do dreams and nightmares intro live my nigga that shit is ridiculous that shit is re fucking ridiculous like ridiculous my nigga like that was a fucking awesome ass moment now next up was travis scott and i'm i'm gonna keep it a buck i'm not a i'm not a travis scott fan at all like i don't know none of his music besides the shit that come on on the radio and shit but um i feel like i would have put meek right behind wayne and put travis like right after trey or even put travis like i, I ain't gonna lie if it had been up to me i would have had trey come after Travis, but I understand that Travis in this new streaming era as a platinum artist 
and that nigga selling out, you know what I'm saying, what he's selling out and shit. So I get the hype around it, but at the same time, I don't get the hype around it because to me, the music isn't, it's not, I ain't gonna say it's not good. I'm gonna stop saying niggas don't have good music. I'm gonna just say that the type of music that Travis Scott makes is not for me personally. And so seeing that shit live, it, it does nothing for me. And on top of that, it's like the biggest song, your biggest song to date has Drake on it at three different points. And it's kind of like without Drake being there, to me, you're not that exciting or not that, you know what I mean? Like it just, it ain't nothing. So last came Wayne. Even though I've seen a bunch of Wayne concerts on TV, I got to say that dude comes off as like super humble. Like he kept saying, make some fucking noise for yourself. Thank you. He did the, I ain't shit without y'all. No, he was saying thank you to us, to the crowd. He was like, thank y'all for staying out here this this long because I know it's hot. I appreciate y'all fucking with me. It's 22,000 people out here that makes me super happy. Y'all are an awesome crowd. But like, he did all that shit. Like, Wayne was just fun. He was energetic. The only negative thing I'm going to say about Wayne's show is that he didn't do no old shit. It was only new shit. And it's kind of like, I thought he was going to get into some black is hot. You know what I'm saying? Some hot boy shit. Some old cash money shit. Some fucking, even some like call to one type shit. But he ain't do none of that. Like, you know, it's really just like the, 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 when he became a superstar Wayne. And that's cool too. It was a great show. Don't get me wrong. It was a fucking phenomenal show. Like, great show. He did a Millie. He did uh, Miss Carter, which is fucking a dope ass song live. Like, Mrs. Carter Live, my nigga, that shit is dope. He did that Rich as Fuck, um, Steady Mobbing, I said a Millie, Lollipop. What else he did? He did that. He ended the show with that fucking What a Love Go. I don't like that shit, though. He did that fucking Kendrick Lamar, um, Mona Lisa. He did that Six Foot Seven. That bitch went off. It's like, that nigga Wayne got a lot of fucking hits, man. And like I said, dude was super charismatic. It was super dope. It was like, it was worth it. Even though it was fucking hot out there and they had motherfuckers passing out and they was taxing Buku hard on the water and shit and all that. That shit was cool, man. That shit was dope. So I really, really enjoyed my time. And that was my first concert, by the way. That was my very first concert. I had never been to a concert before that. Well, a festival because it's technically not a concert, but I had a real good time. So now I got Wayne off my list. I definitely still want to see Jay-Z, Beyonce, and Drake. And um, yeah, and probably, yeah, I definitely want to go to a Trey song show, like a solo Trey song show. And I want to see Meg again when, you know, she get her, her caliber when she got some more albums under her belt and shit like that. But yeah, that concert shit is dope, man. So shout out to everybody that was out there. We had a good time. Louisiana Fest 2019. Shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to y'all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for hearing me. Again, I am the Shot Geek, and this is the Gemini in Me podcast. This is episode 19, and I'm so happy and so thankful that you tuned in. Now, if you enjoy it, I'm going to ask you to please tell a friend, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your uncle, tell your sister, tell your cousin, tell your grandma, your grandpa, your neighbor, your co-worker, the person, pet, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, listen to this, you dig? So... Or just fucking refavor, I'm not refavor, like, like the tweet, retweet it, like it on Facebook, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on Snapchat. Have you heard this shit? If you got this far, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm going to end this episode off by saying happy birthday to my Julia, you know, nigga rocking like that. And it's Virgo season. Happy birthday to my motherfucking best friend, because by the time the next episode come out, his birthday already been passed by. So yeah, happy birthday to my Juve, and happy birthday to my best friend. I'm the Shive Geek, and I'm signing off. This is episode 19. Thank you for tuning in.